0: This is Season 6 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn.
1: What would happen
0: if an astronaut burped in space? Boy, I don't want to know. Did the Leaning Tower of Pisa ever stand upright? I'm Nick. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm Roy. And welcome to Season 6, Episode 1, where we scour the Internet and other sources to find useless information
0: just for you. Plus, we'll answer your questions from our mailbag segment and the headline from news from around the world An Apple Kills a Pigeon. Totally useless information.
1: It's everything you never needed to know. Gotta be a pretty slow pigeon. I, I was a moron. Houston was a jerk. Yeah. Talk about pigeon pie. That's pigeon apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: Hey, can you stick out your tongue for a second? Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Your tongue is a unique organ. Ex- oh, yes. Exhibiting, let me finish, exhibiting many static and dynamic characteristics which differ considerably between individuals. So your tongue is different than mine. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we all have different tongues, right? Yeah, okay. The use of the tongue prints, however, as a biometric authentication tool is being researched. So same way that you use your fingerprint or retina, reading, oh, they're now so. beginning to research a way for them to, for you to, I guess you have to lick something in order for them to scan to see if they let you win the building.
1: Well, I would like to be the scanner at like fashion model week. <laughs> One small solar flare is equivalent to 110 megaton atomic bombs exploding at the same time. Boom. That's a small solar flare. But built into the Earth's atmosphere, we have um, something that absorbs the radiation so it never
0: gets into past that point and into our atmosphere. We know we have uh, different blood types, we all do, and the blood types are basically four main blood type groups. There's type A, which is the most ancient, it (laughs) existed even before the human species evolved. Type B is thought to have originated some 3.5 million years ago, and two and a half million years ago, mutations occurred that rendered that super gene inactive, creating type O. Oh. So neither a or B. <laughs> oh exactly you know that's what happened the scientists went this is this is different well, this oh. isn't a or B oh oh, oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we figured it out all out here a totally this information with Nick and Roy even though they didn't have audio back then, we just recreated what the scientists said oh. It was a recreation. We want everyone to know that. That's right. This was not the (laughs) real thing. Thank goodness for that. And there's some people who have AB, which, by the way, that's my blood type. What's your blood type? Um, I actually have no idea. Have you ever donated blood?
1: No, I have never donated blood. I want to keep all of my blood outside (laughs) of me. That's fine. So (laughs) now there are sugars
0: that makes the blood types incompatible. So if blood from the type A donor were given to a person with type B, The recipient's immune system would recognize the foreign sugars and invade it and cue an attack. Ooh. Let's go back to the O. Here's another reason why to say O. The (laughs) O negative blood is known as the universal donor because it lacks the molecules that would provoke the reaction. Oh. Oh,
1: so that's O negative. Oh, yeah, oh. Well, I'm gonna do my teaser right here, right now. It's impossible to burp in space. Really? Yes. On Earth, gravity keeps solids down in your stomach, solids and liquids, which liquid is technically has a solid feature to it. But while the gas is separated on Earth because of gravity, the solid stuff stays in your stomach, the gas releases and and rises up and comes out as a burp. But in the absence of gravity in space, the gas does not separate from the liquids or solids. So instead of burping, you just throw up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. There is
1: no burping in space, it never separates. So if you felt the need to burp, everything would come up. It would be reverse peristalsis.
0: What a great word, reverse, huh? <laughs> what a Thank great you, word reverse down. peristalsis. Peristalsis. So that's from the attic, but what about from the basement? Can you fart in space?
1: I believe that you would have peristalsis. (laughs) And (laughs) paralysis. Which is not not reverse peristalsis. Not at all. But peristalsis meaning coming out the other end. And and (laughs) propulsion to get. Yeah. And in my case, it comes out so fast it creates its own gravity.
0: (laughs) It it travels (laughs) in its own orbit. (laughs) Hey, a blizzard is a snowstorm on steroids. In order for the winter storm to be officially qualified as a blizzard, the storm has to meet the following three criteria. So you need to write this down. Grab a pen, mm-hmm. pencil, eyeliner, crayon, I'm in whatever. Florida,
1: Nick. I don't think I need to write it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so one, sustained winds or frequent gusts of 35 miles per hour or greater, considerable falling and or blowing snow, reducing visibility to under a quarter mile, and these conditions to continue for at least three hours. So, the difference between a blizzard and a snowstorm is the strength of the wind, not the amount of snow. Wow. You know what
1: I do down here in Florida? All the new people that buy homes, I go up there and knock on their door with like coveralls on. Mm-hmm. And I say, Hi, I'm from a uh, unique uh, removal company. And for $25 a year, we'll remove any snow anytime. So it's twenty five dollars, unlimited removal of snow.
0: Right. <laughs> and how many and how many customers do you have? I'm not saying because that would be illegal. Yeah, but in <laughs> but in Florida, you'd walk up there and give them a blizzard
1: from Dairy Maybe, Queen. If it snows, it's gonna stink. But <laughs> but anyway, scientists have transformed plastic recycled bottles yeah. into vanilla flavoring. Really Now, really? anyone that listens to this show knows about vanilla flavoring, but they genetically engineered bacteria that eats the plastic up and in doing so releases this vanilla flavoring as its waste product. They're not sure if it's good yet for human consumption. Yeah, I would think so. But it who, who tasted it? That's what I want to know. There's always got to be a first, right? Okay, Excuse you need know, that go. glowing scientist in the corner. <laughs> but it sounds better than where we get the artificial vanilla flavoring from now, which is the anal gland of a beaver. Yes. So I think I'd rather eat the plastic bottle than the anal gland of a beaver.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you'd have to ask the beaver to sit still for a moment. I'm switching to chocolate. <laughs> Back to the beaver tail. No bones about it. A cubic inch of bone can, in principle, bear a load of 19,000 pounds. A cubic Whoa. inch of bone can in principle bear a load of 19,000 pounds, okay? it's so almost 20,000 pounds. Right, roughly the weight of five wow. standard pickup trucks, making it about four times as strong as concrete, one cubic inch of bone. And how is bone stronger than concrete, you ask? You ask, how is the bone? How concrete? is it, Nick? How, how is it that how bone like is that. stronger than concrete? I'm glad you <laughs> asked. Bone <laughs> typically has an elastic modulus that is like concrete, but it's 10 times stronger in compression. So it's 20,000, 20, you said pounds? 19,000 pounds, just under almost 10, 000. twenty
1: thousand pounds. Yeah. So that means if I laid on my back, I could suspend 12,000 pounds? Yes. <laughs> Long. If, I don't know if you're getting that. But I am, okay. yes. I am. <laughs> if,
0: you do the math. If, you were, if you're wearing suspenders, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Your
1: body consists of 69 trillion cells. 69 trillion cells. Okay. Get ready for this one. Only 30 trillion of those cells are human. 39 okay. trillion are actually bacteria. Oh, so you're saying we're not all human. We it, bacteria is actually more cells than human cells. Okay. Sounds so good the bacteria in our stomach, the bacteria in our skin, bacteria all over us. You're just a roving thing of bacteria. You said your tongue. There's bacteria even on your tongue.
0: Yes, and they're all we'll all have unique tongues, therefore unique bacteria. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening <laughs> to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. We want to thank you all for giving us some great feedback on our celebrating 100 episodes. So we're now we are starting our into our 200th episode season, sort of, right? You got that? Do the math. There you go. Hey, and we wanna thank everyone who are from all over the world. We have over 60 countries, including Russia, when they're not invading other countries. And we also have people in um, in Ukraine. Istanbul, Swahili, Istanbul.
1: something or other, in Africa. I can't believe that. Uh, England,
0: all over the place.
1: Australia, Canada, of course, United States all over, everything. It's, it's amazing.
0: It is. We thank you. And of course, in Canada, we are on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We are now in seven Canadian cities and we're looking to expand more. So we will continue to invade the earth with totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Throw away your totally useless GPS. It's time for Geography. So get lost with Nick and Roy. Don't you love how she says that? Get lost. Yeah. She
1: sounds like she said it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Get Got lost. a good grasp on that. Yeah. When you think of pyramids. Yes. You think Egypt, right? I think of, of financial scams, but you're talking about something different. Oh, okay. See, see, that's how you think. Yes. <laughs> okay. But if you had to think of pyramids, you think of Egypt, the Great Pyramid of Giza. You know, that, that's what falls into your head if I said a structure pyramid. Okay. Are. Yes. All right. But did you know that the Sudan the African area of the Sudan has most the most pyramids in the world over 250 in the Sahara alone.
0: Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: 250 pyramids.
0: That's a lot of um that's a lot of uh, bricks. Well, yeah. of course, you know we 250 pyramids, Nick, get the point? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Maybe they gave them, them a key to the city. What is yeah. the key to the city? You've seen these ceremonies uh, in all cities, all mm-hmm. over the world. The key symbolizes the freedom of the recipient to enter and leave the city at will as a trusted friend of city residents. The presentation of the key to the city can be traced back to the medieval times when cities were actually enclosed by walls and locked gates and you needed a key to get into that city. Now, if you had a fight with the person with the king, then they changed the locks and you couldn't get in.
1: Wow, so that's what the key to the city.
0: That's right, the have key to the city, but now literally it's just, the key to get in. Now this is just a symbol, just a symbolic really. ceremony. Hmm. There's a mountain
1: in Australia that's not a mountain. In fact, it's a rock. Okay, and of course you think of rock, you think of, you know, a rock. that that, people mistake this mountain for what it really is. It's not a mountain. It's a rock and it's called Mount Augustus and it's 2,300 feet tall and it can be seen from 100 miles away and it is one piece of rock So So it's one continuous piece of rock. Okay. I
0: get it. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty cool. And Of course, it's in Australia, which is down under
1: Right, right. It's actually 2003 feet high though. So would it be considered down under or down over?
0: Over under I don't know over easy is like the way I like my eggs. To be very honest, <laughs> now we know he doesn't know his blood type, but he knows how he likes his eggs. Okay, sure. It's the way I like my eggs and the models at fashion week. Yeah. What was <laughs> what was what was the pick- over easy and down on that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what, one of one of the worst pickup lines is reported by many women around the world. Is hey, how do you like your eggs in the morning? She says unfertilized. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my teaser <laughs> leaning oh, top. That's bad, I man. told you according to women they they, um, they they had some survey and they said, what's the one of the worst pickup lines? And that was the most popular. How do you like your eggs in the morning the line... folks
1: listening? Mm-hmm. Aren't you glad that Nick said that one and not me? Yeah. <laughs> Season six is getting shocking.
0: It <laughs> is. You know what? You know, you know how many times I use that line? Never, 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 <laughs> yeah. never. Uh, so here's my teaser. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now, we all know it's iconic, right, because it leans over to the side, right? And you're thinking maybe they built it when it was upright and then somehow there was a shift in the earth. No one knows. But the Leaning Tower of Pisa was never upright. Mm. Due to its construction on unstable ground, very much like this program, it was Mm -hmm. leaning and the construction (laughs) was carried on while it was leaning. So you have to yeah. kind of give credit to the architects, right? Because even though it was leaning, they still they still make it the construction and make okay. it, a good, it a good one.
1: You see see how Nick sees things totally different than me?
0: Yeah. He
1: says, you got to hand it to them. Yeah. They construct. Yeah. yeah. I say, you morons. <laughs> it was tilting. Stop building. And get it right. <laughs> but no. The Italians were sitting there half bombed on Gropper and all the rest of the crap. <laughs> They're like, look, we're going to keep it back in the brink of this
0: way. Isn't the way God wanted He'd like it to lean. No, you know, you know what happened? They had like, you know, the levels. They thought it was yeah. all defective. They threw them all out. What's the matter with these uh, levels? they got to throw them out. they got to fix them up. Make this just go. I don't know. I like it the way this looks. Okay. For those of you who are about to hit send on the email at Nick and Roy. He's like, what are you
1: stupid? It's a straight. Have another drink. It's a straight.
0: that's Right. <laughs> Look, we both Roy and I are of Italian descent, okay? So those of you who are about to write an email at nickroy.com stop. We can make Could a you fun just of our
1: imagine mouth. though? Could you really just imagine them sitting there <laughs> arguing with the people? Yeah. Look. It's a your building that's not a straight. Ours is a straight. All of yours is a tilted. <laughs> oh, my God. This is this is I've never seen it. Have you seen it? No, I haven't in person. No, no. Me either. Istanbul. Mm-hmm. We've all heard of Istanbul. Yes. It's located in both Europe and Asia. It's one of very few cities that are located in two continents. It's separated by the Bifurus Strait or the Strait of Bifurus, whichever way you want to call it. Okay. If you cross the bridge that goes over the Strait of Bifurus or Bosphorus, you will actually be crossing from Europe into Asia.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool. It is. I visited two continents today. I went across
1: the street. Yes, yeah, so you, you, you will never have left Istanbul, but you'll be in two different
0: continents. Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah. what was it, the Strait yeah. of what? The, what the was Strait it? of Bosphorus. Bosphorus. Hey, how about this? How about paying rent to the queen? A mm. rather unusual and decidedly British ceremony, of course, takes place every year in late October. The city of London pays rent to the crown for two pieces of land, even though it no longer knows where the exact locations are. Okay. What? So you're paying rent, but they don't know where these, where, what they're paying rent for. Sounds like politics to <laughs> <Okay>. me. <laughs> the city pays two knives, one blunt instrument, I guess, and one sharp in one fa- blunt. One that could be blunt. like a cigar or a cigarette, right? They call so, it the blunt. That's right. Exactly. And two knives and a sharp. In fact, hmm. last October, London paid the queen the outstanding rent at a ceremony held at the Royal Court of Justice.
1: Do they throw it at her?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here, catch this, Queenie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, lean up against this board with your arms up. They just start throwing the knives at her. (laughs) You missed me. Oh, my God. The Sahara Desert reaches some of the hottest temperatures on Earth. Yes. In fact, it goes up to about 136 degrees Fahrenheit. What would that be in Celsius, Nick? 136, roughly?
0: How many degrees Fahrenheit?
1: 136 fahrenheit yeah well you're figuring that out but did you know that it has snowed in the sahara desert really yes at night it can go down to 55 degrees normally so for go from 136 to 55 imagine the fluctuation in 2018 january it went down past freezing and began to snow in the desert in fact it snowed three times in the last 40 years. So much for global warming, right? Paging Mr. Al Gore, paging Al Gore.
0: <laughs> By the way, 136 Fahrenheit is 57.77 Celsius. See, we, we just get everything for you here on this show. Well, We do. That's why we say I mean, listen, people, laugh, and learn.
1: I think they should go to nickandroy.com. You?
0: Or oh, our website, nickandroy.com.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people should go there just to go there to see the pictures of us as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Hey, one of us could be leaning. Uh, Yeah, in fact, you get
1: to choose which one of us it is from our tongue prints. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No leaning
0: up against the screen. No, thank you. (laughs) Do not lick the screen. Now, speaking of Italy, let's go back to Italy for just a moment. How about some free accommodations in the Italian Alps? Ooh. This is, a, this is a beautiful uh, hut. It's all yours, if you can get there, that is. It was designed by Italian architect Giovanni Pascomosca in 2012. It's a very small, very remote, and quaint little gem of wood located mm-hmm. 8,300 feet up the Foranon del Buinz Mountain. So in order for you to get there, free accommodation, you have to get up there 8,300 feet. 8,300 feet, there's less oxygen up there. I mean, that's high up. So you're free to use it, you know, and, and for those mountain enthusiasts. Now, Pesca Mosca was commissioned to design this unique hut by the family of an ace Italian mountain climber, Luca. He died after being caught in an avalanche in 2010, unfortunately. Wow. A team of 12 builders, mountain rescue staff, and Luca's friends assembled the cabin, which, by the way, measures 16 square meters in one single day. So if you can get up there at 8,300 feet, the accommodation is free. You know, he had a brother yes. named uh, Jabba.
1: And the local people, they'd say, whose hut is that? And they'd say, Jabba the <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. You're listening to t- Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. What happened
1: today is history. What happens tomorrow is
0: We all know or remember that the Statue of Liberty was a gift from France to America, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. We have heard that in shorthand. that implies that the statue was exchanged government to government. But in fact, Federico Augusta Bartholdi, a mid-career statue maker, decided to pitch a country he never visited before on a vision to build a massive lighthouse in the shape of a woman. In his diaries and letters, he described his journey to all corners of America, from Niagara Falls to Washington, D.C., and so on. And he wanted to explore this exotic land and drum up support. Well, the government said no. They didn't get any funding at all, so he contrived every possible fundraising strategy. He put on spectacles of wonder in Paris, charged visitors admission to watch the statue's construction in a dusty workshop, sold souvenirs, petitioned the French government to let him run a national lottery. In the end, it was Joseph Pulitzer, Mm -hmm. the American newspaper magnate, who helped him finish the job by printing the names of every person who donated, even a penny, to the cause. The strategy rapidly boosted the circulation of Pulitzer's newspaper when readers bought a copy simply to see their names in the paper, a very brilliant marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, and it must have been very hard for for Pulitzer to walk around town with all those newspapers attached to him.
0: Right. He was. He was a real He crime. was a
1: newspaper magnet, you said. So,
0: did I mean magnate? What is it? What's the word? No,
1: he was a newspaper magnet. So I said <laughs> it must have been hard to walk around town with all those Yeah, Nick, all all this- stay with the joke. You stay with <laughs> Folks, yeah. marijuana is legal in Canada. So <laughs> this is the effect right now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. You ever see the commercial? Brain on drugs. This is the yeah. brain. <laughs> this That's is what right. it's like. Yeah,
0: there's your eggs over easy again.
1: Oh, I have one. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's whose brain? Goodness. Whose brain is fried now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm eating my Doritos. Okay. <laughs> in honor of the Olympics from 1912 to 1948, there was a competition during the Olympics, in literature, architecture, sculpture, painting, and music. They gave out gold, silver, and bronze medals in each of those categories. It stopped in 1948. So they did it for 30 years, some 30-something years, and, uh, of course, every four years. So you do the math on how many um, Olympics they actually gave awards for that when they canceled it it pissed off millions of
0: geeks around the world who sucked at sports (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're doing history here we're going to give you i'm going to give you the hobbies of some of the presidents of the united states okay some of the Mm. hobbies john quincy adams the sixth president was notoriously meticulous he kept daily journals with uh, detailing his morning routine he would wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning he'd walk 2 miles to the Potomac River and leave mm-hmm. his clothes by the shore and went skinny dipping. No. Yep, I call him Commando in Chief. He walked to the Potomac for took to, his clothes off. Yep, and went skinny dipping.
1: Have you ever well, we me and you were in Washington, so we've seen the Potomac. Yes, we have. I believe they're snapping turtles in the Potomac. Yes,
0: they are. And they snapped him right in.
1: No wonder he had such a high-toned
0: voice. <laughs> now, yes, and he sang soprano. Uh, another uh, president, Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States, was into cockfighting. Mm-hmm. Cock You've fight- got get
1: real close to the other guy,
0: but... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Maybe he was swimming in the Potomac. Though cockfighting is now illegal. underneath the other president. <laughs> That's right. He, you know what? He followed Adams because Adams was mm-hmm. the sixth. He was the seventh. He was right. Yeah, Adams Adams won because he was swinging around a turtle.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: And of course, Jackson. That'll, that'll come to you, folks. Yeah, in Tuesday. that's right. There, there it goes. There it goes. <laughs> the light bulbs just went off. Hey, this show just got brighter. From imagine. <laughs> so anyway, even though it's legal in every state now, Jackson was an enthusiast and was rumored to have held cock fights in the White House he actually had cockfights in going the on white now. house exactly and no. so you know what so did clinton wow
1: yeah so did clinton clinton <laughs> had that going on too king henry the eighth yes he had many servants
0: mm-hmm.
1: but none as revered as the grooms of stool <laughs> yes they were called the grooms of stool all right they would follow the king everywhere uh-huh and they Oh my God, Their job was to follow him around and wipe his aspiring bottom. <laughs>
0: it's good to be the king. <laughs> you imagine? They were call the grooms of stool. Hey, honey. I look, I just got a job today. Well, what are you doing? I work for the mm. king. Oh wow, that's amazing. What do you do? Wow. Oh my That's God. the kind of job that starts at the bottom and stays there your whole career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more, more hobbies from the presidents. Calvin Klein was the third. Calvin Klein. Yeah, he was a president. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Klein. Yeah, he, he, wore, he, he was he, involved in a few cockfights <laughs> himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He walked around the White House in his underwear. Sorry. <laughs> Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president of the United States, loved riding an electric horse. He enjoyed horse riding. (laughs) So did his wife. (laughs) Yeah, but she kept running out of quarters. (laughs) Coolidge enjoyed horse riding for exercise so much he had an electric electric horse installed in the White House with two speeds, trot and gallop. No. Yes. Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. The 32nd president, FDR, he loved to swim. Now, if Mm. you remember, he lost his ability to walk to polio at the age of 39. Yeah, this probably was good for his polio, right? Well, it was. He took up swimming three times a week to strengthen his muscles and his arms and stomach and lower back. After a few months, Roosevelt was able to walk short distances with the help of a cane or assistance from an aide. After his election, the New York Daily News donated a pool to the White House to Roosevelt so that he can continue his practice swimming. Wow. That's
1: great. And they removed the electric horse.
0: <laughs> they did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah or oh, they threw the electric horse in the pool. Oh, my God. Who was riding the electric horse? Uh, Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president of the United States. Calvin Coolidge. That's right. Yeah, not Mrs. Calvin Coolidge. Coolidge. Mrs. Mrs. Coolidge. Coolidge. And one more, one more. Richard Nixon, the 37th president of the United States, his hobby, bowling. President uh-huh. and First Lady Nixon both enjoyed bowling and had a one lane bowling alley installed in the White House basement in 1969. Rumor has it that in some bowling matches, the seventh and eighth frame of the score sheet went missing. Really?
1: Listen, and then Bill Clinton got into the White House, and he enjoyed the bird every once in a while. (laughs) So he'd swim around with his rooster. You mean his rooster? Just in case there was going to be a fight. That's right, yeah. (laughs) You said Winston Churchill, didn't you? No, I didn't. Did you say Winston Churchill? I did not. Maybe you did in your head. You didn't say Winston Churchill? I did not You Say what? I didn't say Winston Churchill Okay, you did now So Winston Churchill <laughs> <laughs> Okay You know the guy Never, never, never yeah. You know, never yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay um, Winston Churchill, you know him He's the guy that smoked the cigars mm-hmm. 15 cigars a day Yikes Now that's smoking cigars I smoke them from time to time, so I know what it's like to smoke a cigar, especially what they call a Churchill, after him, which is a very long cigar.
0: Okay. It takes a
1: while to smoke that cigar. This guy smoked 15 of them in a day. Wow. But he also carried in his pocket a prescription from an actual doctor, and that prescription said, and I quote, it said, Needs to drink indefinite amounts of alcohol every day. Yep,
0: that's it. That's the, the prescription.
1: The prescription was to drink all day long. Wow! In fact, our president does that now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the prescription's made out to Brandon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know that there's a Brandon, Mani- there's a city up here called Brandon, Manitoba.
1: Uh, let's go, Brandon. That's right. <laughs>
0: so, one last history fact from me. Do you have any more? Or is, that it? is that your last one? I you have one more. You have one more? Well, let me mm-hmm. tell you about some burnt toast. With the mm-hmm. skull open and brain exposed, Canadian doctor Penfield would probe the brain's surface with a small electrode, prodding mm-hmm. different areas of the brain, and small electrical impulses could get patients to suddenly retrieve memories see flashes of light, or smell an odor like burnt toast. In fact, one of um, one of the many features we have up here in Canada is the Heritage Minute, and this is how they pay tribute to Dr. Penfield. Every time she has a seizure, she smells something burning. Now, if we can provoke that smell by probing the surface of the brain, we'll find the source of the seizures. Mrs. Gold, do you feel anything? I can
1: see the most wonderful lights. Now what? Oh.
0: What is it, Mrs. Gold?
1: Burnt toast, Doctor Penfield. I can smell burnt toast.
0: There you go, (laughs) Doctor. What? (laughs) What? She smelled burnt toast. You might
1: be able to get away with that in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Beat the guy up in New York. (laughs) Oh, but but she but she agrees to that. (laughs) It's amazing. I can smell burnt toast. And flip the eggs over easy.
0: <laughs> a side of bacon.
1: Have to stick your finger in my ear now.
0: Hey, sticker Hey, speaking of it, stick a finger in your ear and scratch it. it sounds like the waka waka sound from Pac Man. There you I go. can
1: hear Pac Man coming. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but what Hold the on. hell? <laughs> Hey, why was he talking like that? What doctor speaks like, Doctor, what do you think about my problem? Well, (laughs) what I think (laughs) is that if you lay down and I remove your skull (laughs) cap,
0: she agreed to this. He didn't just walk
1: up to her and just ripple. How
0: good is that?
1: No, the object here is to make sure that they smell burnt toast, they won't be cured of anything, but they'll. (laughs) Understand what burnt toast smells like. (laughs) like, What do you have an obsession with? Burnt toast.
0: (laughs) No, listen. He was a scientist who who uh, who would help uh, understand people's different. You know how the different probe, different parts of your brain can bring up different memories and whatnot. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: walking around with their brains half exposed (laughs) sounds like a
1: day waiting for the subway in Manhattan. There you have it. Wow. In 1644. You remember that, Nick, right? Yes, I do. English statesman Oliver Cromley, he um banned the eating and making of pie. Really? What'd you pop a thing of champagne there? <laughs> <laughs> I was celebrating it. I love pie. I'm he a- popped the champagne and said burnt toast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm messing around with that brain. They got to find it first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And when we do, we'll have a good Okay, so in
1: 1644, Oliver Cromwell, uh, Cromwell, he banned the eating and making of pie. He declared it a pagan pleasure. So for 16 years, England banned the making of pie and eating of pie it went underground and so many people made pies yeah because remember in england they made meat pies too yes that's a big deal for them yeah it went so crazy underground kind of like i guess prohibition that they had to give in and uh they had to say you know you could have pie again but they thought it was a pagan pleasure but them running around having sex with everybody (laughs) that was fine
0: yeah it's no big deal (laughs) Just don't eat that pie, okay? <laughs> and then, and then, of course, they had some ice cream, and then there's some guy said, ah, a la mode. You're listening to Totally Uses Information mm. with Nick and Roy. If you'd like to go to our website, nickandroy.com, and you can send us an email. It's Nick, don't to- give them a choice. What do you mean? <laughs> you said if they'd like
1: to go to our website. <laughs> yeah. No? Do not give them a choice. Go to our website right now. Okay, and what's the website? Uh, nickandroy.com. You can search for Nick's brain. What's in the mail, babe? What's in the mail?
0: Uh, this email comes to us. Uh, it's two sisters, Maureen and Sharon from Toronto. Hello, Nick and Roy. We are big fans of your show. So much fun to learn all of the fascinating tidbits you research and talk about. Your individual's personalities are terrific together. So much fun to listen to both of you. So thank you. Now uh, can you find out who invented the first coffee maker? Where was the first domestic coffee maker manufactured? was it a Bunnomatic? does she just ask us about our buns? yeah mm-hmm. okay she wants to know if the old bunematic mm-hmm. is working okay yeah. well it is uh, a <laughs> Amalia Melita Benz was a German entrepreneur born in 1873. She was frustrated by the overbrewing of coffee. She smelled burnt coffee whenever she held, whenever she used uh, per- uh, percolators. So Benz experiment-
1: realized she had Pennington's finger in her head. <laughs>
0: it. It's doctor. Oh, it, it's doctor to you. Come on. Oh, okay. He
1: said wrong spot. I have to go a little to the left.
0: Right. <laughs> That's the burnt
1: coffee spot.
0: <laughs> Go, ahead, go, on, go on. Bent experimented various means of making coffee, but each of the items failed. So she decided to use some blotting paper from her son's notebook, and to her surprise, the paper was easier to use and produced a much better, cleaner coffee. She soon soon started her drip coffee company, became the first person to create a coffee filter. Mm. Bent was granted a patent in 1908, and the company was registered in December of that year. The company managed to sell 1,200 coffee filters during the Leipzig Fair in 1909. In 1928, the demand for coffee filters was so high, they had to work double shifts. But at the time of Bent's death in 1950, the company was valued at $4.7 million. Wow. As of in a-
1: 1950.
0: 1950. Now, if you'll That's remember it the- now, wow. remember this was the name, her name was Amalia Melita Benz. If you think of it, you'll know the name. The Melita Group has operations worldwide and has numerous brands and products. They're the number one filter company, Melita. There you go. They make all the filters for the kitchen equipment, too. One additional item about uh, coffee makers the automatic drip coffee maker was invented and popularized by Mr. Coffee in the 1970s. The machine works great that that's what they named him. Mr. Coffee. <laughs> uh, the machine works the same way as Benton's coffee filter by dripping hot water through a finely ground coffee and filter paper. So thank you very much for the email. So uh, it was uh, Maureen who said um, that she listened to us on Talk 1010 in Toronto. Uh, she's a shift worker. She listened to us because we're currently on a midnight on Friday night. So thank you very much for the email and thank you for listening.
1: We're getting so many emails that, that it's sometimes getting hard. I'm sorry to folks if we don't because we like to return – a message to you guys, and some we just can't get to, but this one caught my attention because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't start off with a name like usually people start off with hi, my name is. This one says Nick and Roy. Okay, yeah, get back <laughs> to the point. The person's name, Nick and Roy. No, so of course they got my attention. Nick and Roy, I have listened, listened to spelt wrong to 62, 62 <laughs> okay, of okay. your podcasts and have found. Two errors. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Signed, Harold of Dorchester. (laughs) Now, okay, Harold. (laughs) First off, what the hell were the errors? I need you to get back to me. I sent them a short thing. Get back to me. First off, we can make mistakes from time to time. It's useless information. So we don't think that people are like, you know, their lives are on the line
0: here. <laughs> so but hold on, hold on a second. Let's rewind to whole on for just a second. So yeah. he wrote in to tell us at nickandroy.com that we made two errors in all the, in this. And 60. of
1: 62. Okay. So we got 60 episodes, right? And two of them wrong. Two
0: errors. No, and, two and errors. In- oh. It's not one, but two errors. And what did he misspell? He misspelled listeners. He's misspelled, no, listen. Listen. Right? He wrote, yeah. He left out E. List Ned. Okay. Right. List Ned. Okay. What's his name? Harold. Okay. So we made Harold two... of Dorchester. Listen, Harold. <laughs> listen to this. We had we have over a hundred episodes. You listened to sixty something. You found two errors. You wrote one email and you made you made one mistake. You have exactly. a higher you have a higher percentage of mistakes than we do. But thanks well, for your I email, mean, Harold of Dorchester. That's I right. mean, you, you gotta a
1: tell us what those two mistakes were so we can um you know remedy that problem yeah and two harold of dorchester needs to get a go back to school to learn how to spell and harold you also need to get a last name and a life
0: (laughs) (laughs) as you're listening to totally useless information with nick and roy and now for something completely useless you know when they say dot your eyes, right? Dot your eye, mm-hmm. you know, the little dot at the top of the eye and the little dot on top of the, the lowercase j, there's a word for it. The dot over the lowercase i and the lowercase j is called a tittle. A tittle? A tittle. The little i, the little dot. When they say they dot your eyes, when you dot it, you've just tittled. Don't forget your
1: tittle. No. If you do. So it's called a tittle. You know, in German, the marks above, uh, it's like a double mark above. It's called an umlaut.
0: Umlaut. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So your umlaut, your tittle,
0: and <laughs> <laughs> you smell pepper. <burn. laughs>
1: Tell that one to Harold of Dorchester. <laughs> yes. I got some useless information. Yes. Talk very nice to us on an email or we'll get you. No, no, no. No. Here's this one. Yeah, I love this because it's very quick. Giraffes. Yes. They only sleep five to 30 minutes a day. Okay. That's it. The rest of the time they're awake. Wow. Five to 30 minutes. And I I thought Trump was bad. I think he sleeps four hours a night.
0: Yeah. Talking about and he sleeps me.
1: hanging from his feet.
0: So. <laughs> You're yeah. uh, <today> on- <laughs> like, Donald, are you awake? I told you not to wake me. Right. <laughs> today on the show, we talked about science. We talked about geography. It's time for the news.
1: And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News.
0: A passerby claims to have witnessed someone throwing an iMac computer out of their window in the Bushwick section of Brooklyn. Hmm. According to the witness, an angry spouse reportedly threw the computer from the window, killing an innocent pigeon in the process. Oh, my God. That's why I said an apple killed a pigeon. Oh, my God. There was a picture of it, certainly showing one of the apple's 27-inch iMac and the way they say it was it had it was missing the distinctive black bezels. That's what they worried about. They are worried about the missing black bezels on the computer. Twenty-seven inch iMac computer was thrown out the window. Right, and first it, off, this had to be a very strong
1: spouse, right. <laughs> who then who then got it out. It had to be a pretty good-sized
0: car, otherwise, how did get it out of the window? And and no, I, I think they threw it out of the building, right. Right? So they oh, out, one, not out moving the window speed, of a building. Of a building because it now landed, that makes up, sense,
1: and it landed because on makes sense. Because the him. velocity and speed, that poor pigeon, Yeah. he looked up and said, "Oh, look what's on
0: TV. <laughs> 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 oh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And to the pigeon, the 27-inch became a 50-inch, became a 60-inch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it got bigger and bigger. Now, according to the picture, it shows an older flat-screen TV as well. So it's unclear if this other piece of technology was. Well, also- maybe they were <laughs> some more pigeons, and they figured, let's get the whole family. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> so- get the living room TV. <laughs> according to the reports, and I love this word. It is unclear if this piece of tech was also defenestrated. What? Defenestrated during the dispute. So defenestrated means thrown out the window. Is that what defenestrated means? uh, Fenestre is at least. uh,
1: Fenestre is is
0: Italian. That's right. For window. And fenster is German for window. There you go. Fenestre. So defenestrated during the dispute. See, listen, Mm -hmm. laugh, and learn. And it wasn't sure. It's not clear if it was. One time
1: a woman's husband came home and I defenestrated myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) naked
1: (laughs) shut the front door now according (laughs) it's
0: unclear if this piece of technology was defenestrated (laughs) during the dispute or it had been deliberately placed there for disposal so sure they have a 27 inch imac on top of a dead pigeon let's just throw this other piece of technology just to round out the picture Wow, she must have been really mad. He did something really wrong. Yeah, he probably po- uh, uh, probed what's-her-name's uh, head and smelled burnt toast. He was probing something. <laughs> he was probing <laughs> someone she knew.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that's all the time we ah! have. He <laughs> fenestrated the whole house. <laughs> you imagine so, she's an English major? <laughs> that's right. You know what? It would have been funny if it was a Windows computer. Mm-hmm. Was too was There's a idea. lot of
1: straighting going on. She <laughs> defenestrated the TV and castrated him. <laughs> and killed the pigeon that in one, the process. And that went out the window. <laughs> that's right, it did. That's pigeon flew away with it. That's all the time we have. Oh, that wasn't a pigeon. I'm sorry, that was a cock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to say goodbye. That's all the time we have for this episode. I'm totally <laughs> just information. Probably lives in the basement, that bastard. <laughs>
1: I have to throw it up in the air. What do you call that? Say goodbye. And, <laughs> say goodbye. And tell the people what to do. Listen, I'll tell you what to do. You need to tell all of your friends about this show. We're getting crazy here and we're loving it. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Nick.
0: And I'm Roy. And yes, thank you for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes